Good. This your boy Jalen. We back at it with another episode of the Twenty Four Twelve Podcast. What's good, y'all? It's your boy Keytwan, aka Master Man. It feels good to be back doing a regular episode for y'all this week. We're gonna talk about KD staying in Brooklyn and with all this fiasco, is it a bad look for him or not? Talk about Pat Bev to the Lakers. Chet getting injured at the crossover uh, Pro Am League in Seattle and more, man. So just stay tuned with this episode. But first, y'all already know what to do. Go ahead and follow us and subscribe to us on all streaming platforms and social media accounts at the 2412 Pod on IG, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, everything else, man. Go ahead and leave us a good review and a like, man. You know, we appreciate the love as usual. So, Jay, man, to get it, to get it started, man, we just we just going to... Hit it right off the bat with the KD situation. Us calling him staying in Brooklyn, and that's exactly what happened, man. So, how how you, how you feeling about him staying in Brooklyn? I mean, not surprised whatsoever. I mean, we basically could see this end result coming. I mean, nothing just really made sense on the trade market for him. I mean, the timing wasn't right. I mean, Brooklyn was asking for the world for everything to get him back. Teams want smartly weren't giving up half their team to get KD. Then the man is locked into a four year deal, so. I mean, Brooklyn was like, hey, KD, do you play? Are you basically like going to sit out, which he wasn't going to do? So, I mean, we're not surprised by this at all. I'm just glad this whole saga is over with because it seemed like it just drug on throughout the whole summer, man. So, I'm just glad it's over with. For real, though, because all that woofing bro was doing was crazy. <laughs> Talking about, man, it's either me or the GM and the coach. Is the, is the GM and the coach got to go? I'm just like, hey, yo, that's a... That's a that's some wild that's a wild statement to make. Like it's either me or the two or the or the GM and the uh, coach that I that we handpicked to be here. Like that like that's some real some real bad woofing he was doing just to stay. Like that, that's real crazy. That's what I'm saying. Like Steve Nash isn't the best coach, and I don't think he's ready to be an NBA head coach. But the thing is, like you said, KD literally handpicking him. Him and Kyrie, that was their guy. They brought in Steve Nash, wanted him to coach. Sean Marks and the Nets owner basically got him for him. And I can't be like, nah, I want him gone. Like, it don't make sense. Now, how you going to tell them to get rid of the, the top guy, though? Like, one of the top guys. Like, just because it's you. Like, and you ain't brought nothing to us to tell tell us to get rid of somebody. Facts. And Sean Marks, one of the, the best GMs in basketball, for real. Because even before KD got there, he built that team up. Had all those young guys like Jared Allen and Karis LeVert. He got D'Lo, Joe Harris. Man, they was building a good team. Then he brought in KD and Kyrie, made the James Harden deal. He's bringing in some good role players since they've been there. So, I mean, it's not Sean Mark's fault that, you know, he basically got a, a team with guys full of, like, egos and they can't stay healthy. So, I mean, KD, to me, is a bad look on him, man, with all this. Especially with him talking, like like we said before, him talking about going to the two number one seeds from last season. Like it was, it's a bad look. It's just cause, like, man, like you were doing all this woofing just to stay, like, just cause you couldn't get your way. Supposedly, if he says either me or them two, it's just like, yo, it's like, like, why are we even going through this? Like, it was literally no reason to be going through this for a whole two months, basically just for you to stay and be playing in the same place you was last year. Right, like, absolutely no, no point, point at all. Bro basically hit up all the progress throughout the summer from the NBA because he's sitting here making these requests, knowing good and well and wasn't going anywhere. So, man, it's just a, a big soccer for no reason. Like I said, I think it's just a bad look on KD. I mean, I've always liked KD as a player, but it's just a bad look on him. 
I mean, he was in a perfect situation with the Warriors. Uh, I think he let the media get to him, basically leaving Golden State, basically saying, you know, that was still team, which it was. So he went to Brooklyn, wanted to have his own team in Brooklyn, got what he wanted. He hasn't succeeded there the first couple of years, and now he won out of there. So I think KD should have just stayed quiet and just stuck with it in Brooklyn, man, try to win there. Because he himself left Golden State and went to Brooklyn, wanted to build his own team there. So with, Can't forget he went there to be with Kyrie. Right. That's a whole other issue right there. But I don't know, man. Speaking of KD and this Brooklyn thing, now that he's back, what do you think? Brooklyn's ceiling and their floor is for this upcoming season. Man, unless they run into them Celtics again, man, I, I guess I gotta, I gotta go with conference finals, finals again, just because it's them two. You feel me? Unless they run into them Celtics again. Facts. That's what I'm saying, man. People, people are still sleeping on them. I understand they have more question marks out of any team in the league, but I'm just saying, for all those guys on the court, if Ben Simmons, Katie, and Kyrie on that court. Brooklyn is just talented. They super scary. That's more. That's more defense with Ben and Royce. So KD really ain't got a. He can really just play the type of defense he was and go to state being a semi good rim protector. You feel me? And just being in passing lanes. Right. And Ben Ben still really doesn't have to score on that team. Brooklyn has enough scoring. The main thing that was missing last year, especially in that first round series against Boston, was what some perimeter defense, just defense in general. And what Ben Simmons do best, he a lockdown defender. Perimeter yep. defense. And like you said, they picked up Royce O'Neal also. Still got Claxton in there. They still got plenty of shooting. Joe Harris coming back. People forgetting that. They missed him a lot last year. Seth Curry still on the team. Patty Mills. Picked up TJ Warren, who's a bucket. That's what I'm saying. Still got the yes. shooters. That's what I'm saying. They still got the shooters. And, um, you feel me? TJ Warren can get his own bucket. Seth can get his own bucket. So it's just like if everything come together, they, they still looking pretty good. Facts. And then I think Dayron's actually about to take a big jump this next year. I think he's going to contribute as a backup big man off the bench for them. I can definitely see that stretch four, stretch five type vibes from Dayron. Because he, he's like that perfect pick and roll guy to play with a score like Kyrie or, Ky, I mean Kyrie or KD. Like, he's a great finisher around the rim, just does all the dirty work. So I really see him making that second-year jump. So, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. They're ceiling definitely conference finals, NBA finals, and their floor is playing first round if everything goes wrong like it did last year, which is a decent possibility with K, KD, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons on the team. It's a lot of bold predictions that they won't even make the awesome, man. So. I think they're at least going to get in. As long as KD is playing, they're going to at least get in the playoffs. They might get bounced again. That's what's, it's too many It's too many teams in the East for them not to make right. the playoffs. But it might be a quick exit. They're a lower seed. They run into a team like Boston or Milwaukee, something like that in the first round. And, you know, Kyrie's head on, not on straight. Ben Simmons not playing. They can definitely get bounced again early. But they definitely will be one of the most intriguing teams to watch this next season for sure. For sure. It can't, it can't blow up in their face again. Hopefully Ben Simmons can get out there. We're going to see how uh, Kyrie should be able, to play, be able to play the whole season. Facts, facts. And I don't know if you saw uh, Pat Bell going back and forth with KD on Twitter. Oh, no, I ain't see that. Yeah, basically he was going on KD about KD basically did all this for nothing. And he messed a lot of guys up um, during the summer. Like a lot of guys are still on the fridge and market. Some of these young players who could have potentially – Signed with somebody or got a roster spot, but you know, the league was kind of held up waiting to see what KD did. So, Pat Bell was like, Yeah, man, you basically messed up most of these guys getting their bad this summer. And KD was like, Yeah, just blame KD. So, they was going back and forth with that. 
I mean, you're not wrong, though. You literally, you are the per- one person that everybody was really waiting on to make a move. Because, but either way, it was going to have to be a, a three-team trade or just between two teams. But people was going to give, have to give a lot of stuff for you and to see how much, like, they was going to get compensated, like, how much compensation they was going to get for you. So he's not really wrong in that in that sentiment. Like, for he not, Pat Bell not really wrong. At all, bro. <laughs> Pat Bell, be, he be keeping it real on social media for real. Speaking of Pat Bev, though, Pat Bev is now Los late, Angeles Lakers. Yeah, late show. <laughs> Turn me up then, late show. He called it, Pat Bev called it at the beginning of the offseason, man. I remember when he first got traded to Utah, they asked him where he most likely want to end up at, you know, if he went with the Jazz. And he was like, the Lakers, man, definitely going up in L.A. And they made it a reality out there. So how you feel about Pat Bev being a member of the Los Angeles Lakers? I just like him being anywhere. Like I said, I wish it would have been the Warriors, you feel me? But him going to L.A., bringing that defensive defensive intensity that y'all need with the new coach, Darvin Ham. I mean, I feel like it's going to fit well, man. I'm not, not even going to lie to you. I, I, I like the move for y'all. It's definitely not the last move that I feel like y'all are going to make. And I, 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 I really love the move, Pat Bell to L.A. I like it, too. I mean, I feel like you couldn't go wrong with this move. One, because, I mean, the Lakers traded Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson. I mean, we all know Horton Tucker wasn't going to work out in L.A. His time there was over with. And he's one of those young guys that I feel like previous Lakers young players needed a new change of scenery if he wanted to ever develop his game. I think he's in a great spot now in Utah. I mean, they're basically about to start rebuilding, especially if they trade Donovan. So he's going to have plenty of opportunities there to do his thing. Uh, Lakers are paying him like $10 million this year, and he had like $11 million player option for next year. So they're off the hook for that. Stanley Johnson, I mean, I like what he came in and did this past year. He was a great energy guy, hustle guy, when most of the team last year didn't put in any effort. But, I mean, he is what he is. I mean, he's still an NBA journeyman. He's a replaceable piece on the team, so I felt like, I mean, it's not really a bit lost to get rid of Stanley Johnson. Therefore, I feel like this trade was a good good risk by Rob Palinka, man, because, I mean, Pat Bev, you know what you're going to get out of Pat Bev. He's one of those guys. If he's not on your team, you're going to hate him, but if he's on your team, you're going to love him. And the Lakers needed that dog in that team, so I really love this move. All right, so with the Pat Bev, everything with Pat Bev, uh, Jalen, you spoke about, it felt like this was, like, foreshadowed. I remember when he was on with Stephen A., uh, and and said those are clues like hey if I was on that Lakers team we would have we would have went to the finals and he said that oh so I'm like okay well here we are you know what I'm saying now we gonna see but I, I think it's a I think it's a good pickup I think it made sense um, for as far as it's the def- the defense on the perimeter we don't really have that I think that really helps in that. Uh, aspect as well as just you know just to somebody to dirty it up as great as LeBron is he not that guy we know Anthony Davis show is hell not that guy so <laughs> it's like it's like we don't have and every team needs somebody like that. um and like we were saying we was off the air low key like we was like hey my only concern now is hey Lakers are y'all going to make him and Westbrook play together after all of this, or or is this a a clear indicator that they about to move off of Russ? I would like, I think we we would prefer them go ahead and move up move up off of Russ. Um, but I think it's basically I'm saying this move is I'm good with this move. If there are other moves coming, that makes sense. 
You feel me? They got to make sense moving forward. And overall, I think that this, if potentially this could set them up with a good team. Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely needs to be more moves made, but this is a good start. Uh, we was talking about the other night. Um, we think the best trade out there potentially is that Indiana deal. Well, I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but that would be the best that's trade. The, that's the only one. Right. That's the only one. Literally the only one that made sense. Only one. Cause there's only like, I think there's like three teams in the league who has the cap space that can absorb Westbrook's contract, and that's um, Indiana, Utah, and the Spurs. And, of course, Indiana has the most desirable trade pieces when Buddy Hill and Miles Turner that the Lakers could use. So I'm I'm hoping, man, it is Westbrook and two first-round picks for Buddy and Miles Turner deal can get done because, I mean. And Jay. Yeah. And, but, and, and explain why you, you think Indiana will participate in this. Yeah, so from uh, Indiana's point of view, my thing is Indiana is rebuilding, obviously, by them getting Halliburton, they traded Sabonis. I mean, you would think they would want the first-round picks because, I mean, they're going nowhere in the Eastern Conference right now. They got a lot of young guns. Uh, Duarte, Halliburton is their backcourt of the future. Buddy Hill wasn't even starting for them last year after they traded for him. And they, they really have no use for him. To me, Buddy Hill is a guy that needs to be on a winning team um, for a role. Then Miles Turner, they've been trying to get rid of Miles Turner for how many years now? Every offseason we hear like about. Two. Yeah. Every offseason like we hear about Miles Turner. So, I mean, I think it's time. I mean, like I said, they did draft another big man. I think Benedict Martin, his name is, but they did draft another big man, too. So, Indiana's in no man's land. So, I think those Lakers picks, even though they're in a very distant future, they could turn out to be great picks. I mean, because after that, LeBron will be gone. AD probably won't be there any longer. So, I mean, who knows? Those picks can be great. Then Westbrook is a giant, inspiring contract. And teams like Indiana that's rebuilding, they desire these big, inspiring contracts to create more cap space in the future. Now, my thing is, if they trade for Westbrook, they wouldn't keep him there, just most likely buy him out, which obviously wouldn't hurt them at all because they had the cap space to absorb that contract and just send him on to another team or whatever. So that's why I think it would be a good deal for any other man to go ahead and do this trade. And I've seen, I seen something on Twitter apparently that Danny Ainge could possibly uh, be like being uh, be in position of y'all future first-round picks to make it a three-team trade to send Donovan to New York. I seen, not sure if it's true, but i seen it on Twitter, so it was just something that was out there I wanted to bring up. That could potentially help y'all get rid of Russ. That'd be interesting, too. And it makes sense, the three-team trade. Facts. Utah, uh, New York, and y'all, or Indiana somewhere in there, too, to help y'all get Russ out of there and get Buddy Hill and uh, Miles Turner. Facts. I just want, so, some way, somehow, I want us to get Buddy and Miles. I think that'll give us our best shot at winning the championship next year or being a contender. And your starting five would be your your best case LA 22-23 starting five. What what is it? All right, we're gonna have Pat Bev, Buddy Hill, LeBron, A. D. and Miles Turner. And the reason I think that starting five would be the best case scenario for the Lakers, you got a little bit of everything. Last time LA was a legit championship contender, what, twenty twenty when we won it out, obviously. The Lakers are best when you got LeBron basically being the point forward on the team. So therefore LeBron can be the point forward. But obviously, he won't have to guard the other team's best player like on the wing because you got Pat Bear for that. And so I think that'll be a perfect fit. Buddy Hill, obviously, Lakers need shooting. So I think he'll be great playing beside LeBron. LeBron obviously still attracts a lot of attention offensively. Buddy Hill's one of the best knockdown shooters in the league still. Then a guy like Miles Turner, very skilled big man at the five. 
he also doesn't clog up the lane. You know, with LeBron at 80 on the team, you don't need a big that can clog up the lane. So Miles Turner basically plays like a stretch five. So he'll be perfect. And he's also one of the best shot blockers in the NBA. So him at 80, obviously those two guys together, that that uh, rim protection defense would be great. Just like how 80 and JaVale McGee worked on with that protection down low when the Lakers won the 2020 championship. So I think that starting five would be perfect for L.A., honestly. Yeah, I'm about to say LeBron gave Westbrook the kiss of death on Twitter. You know, every time he start hyping somebody up by next season, but they be they be gone. Kuz, <laughs> THT, he see he just he just got moved to Utah. You feel me? Then him and Pat Bell, to my, I can't wait, wait can't wait for us to go off next season. You feel me? So that's he just gave him the the late GM kiss of death right there. Bro, you feel I'm me? glad you brought it up. I was so hyped when I saw LeBron make that tweet. Cause I was like, it's destiny that Russ is getting traded. <laughs> you already know what time it is. You already know what time it is on LeBron. I was tweet bro. about you on the timeline in a glowing fashion. You already know you you gone. Like you just out of there. He's out, man. So next couple of weeks, look for a rust deal to happen. Cause LeBron make a tweet like that, the player always get dealt in the next couple of weeks. It's a wrap. <laughs> uh, things is good. Things looking looking up for y'all in La La Land, man. Yeah, man. Ha- happy for y'all. Yep. Hopefully, AD get right. That's the year. thing we were saying. It doesn't matter what moves the Lakers make. If AD is not healthy, Lakers have no chance to win the championship, no matter what. So AD once again it will be the X factor. And appreciate it, Jonathan, coming in. Producer J. Trendy. All right, man. So moving on in the association, this offseason hasn't been a lot of buzz going on in the last couple months. But as you know, there are a lot of programs, program tournaments been going on. Jamal Crawford held a big one in Seattle. Uh, people camped out for days for this thing, man, because LeBron, Tatum, Chet Hunger, and a lot of big-time players went and playing in it. They had horrible conditions, I heard, with the floor and everything else. Man, I heard it was super hot. Floor was sweaty and all that stuff. Yeah, they had to stop the game in the middle of the second quarter. Stop the game, man. It's wild. Wild times out in Seattle, man. But obviously, as y'all heard, I'm pretty sure by now, uh, Chet Hunger in Oklahoma City, one of the top draft picks this past year in the NBA draft. Basically, LeBron. (laughs) Got to say to LeBron, man. Try to guard LeBron. And then it was a wrap for him. That foot. Liz Frank. Um, injury to that right foot, man. So he's done for the year, sadly. Got the, he got the Greg Olsen, man. As a Panthers fan, you know all about that, boy. That, that foot and Greg Olsen, the Liz Frank, boy. It's a wrap. Man, them foot injuries are nothing to play with, man. Especially if you got, like, Chet Holmgren, seven feet tall. You know, his frame, is he's already seen. So he already came in with a bunch of injury concerns, and now he already has this foot injury. So it's one of the biggest ones that he could have as a big right. man. So it's really not looking good for him, man. So, what you think, Chet Hungry? Do you think his career will be filled with injuries, man? Is this a thing to come, or you think he'll just be able to overcome this and turn into a productive NBA player? If he don't, I mean, everybody's saying he don't need to bulk up, but as a, he really do to like just he need to do something to prevent injuries. Like everybody telling AD what he need to do, Chet need to do the same thing, which. Should have he should have been doing it, but you know everybody saying oh he's been playing like this for a long time. But this is a different level of basketball. Exactly, you out here with grown men. I mean, you can do that stuff in Gonzaga in, in the West Coast Conference. You playing schools? No offense, you playing schools like San Francisco and St. Mary's and stuff like that. But this is the NBA grown man's league. You already seen one little bump for LeBron. 
already out, man, for the season. I hate it for Chet because, I mean. For the season. For the whole season, Didn't bro. even get to play an NBA game yet. I hate it for him because I was really excited to watch this OKC team with Chet, um, Shea, Josh Gideon, and Lou Dort in the crew, man. I thought it was going to be one of the most exciting teams to watch this next season. But, man, Chet can't even play a single game. And how ironic it happened in Seattle where the Sonics used to be, which, of course, OKC basically stole the Sonics. And how ironic the injury happened in Seattle. Wow. <laughs> It is ironic. And when uh just when uh DeJounte Murray was like, Yeah, man, all the NBA players, you know what I'm saying? We gotta we gotta get out here so the kids, you feel me, the people that can't afford to see us play, man, we gotta get out here and play for them and then that happened. Right, man. I just I just think it was bad luck. Um we I know I had his next question about do you think the big name players should continue to play in the programs? I say yes, because injuries like this can happen anywhere. NBA players, you of course you're a professional athlete, so you gotta stay in shape in the all season. And one of the best ways to do that is just continue to keep playing, you know, playing against other NBA players. It'll make your game better. This can happen in practice. can happen, like you saw John Walker happen in the house. Like, injuries can happen anywhere, <laughs> anywhere, anytime. So, so I don't think, it. like, NBA players should be scared of playing in the pro after this injury, man. I think they should keep doing it. It's a great thing. It gives the average person that might can't afford an NBA ticket a chance to see these guys up close, man. So I think they should keep doing it. I mean, yeah, this is kind of a free injury, you feel me, at a pro-am, because you don't never really hear them happening like that, because they play them just like the NFL players be playing the uh, Pro Bowl, you feel me? It's not really no defense being played, you feel me? It might be something like when the game get real tight or something like that, but for real, for real, they not really playing for it. They just out there to get buckets for real and just put on a show. Hey, certified pick up game, man. Just It's like a showcase. They just out there just giving the fans a good show, so I, I think it's a great thing. I would love to go see one in person one day, too. True, true. Hey, give us the barnstorming tour, tour type vibes. Right. Imagine being like a little tiny gym, bro, like you at a high school game, but you got all the top players out there, like LeBron, Tatum, Kyrie, Bancaro, Chet. Like, that's crazy. Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bro, they did IT wrong on Twitter. I know you saw that tweet. <laughs> Man, they been they be doing him wrong so much. I don't even know. I don't even know what you're talking about, but I probably seen it because they always doing IT wrong on Twitter. IT was like basically like he basically ready to come back into the league that he's showing what he can do when he ready to be signed. And this um <laughs> this place called the Shanghai Sharks, they not affiliated with the real team. They was like, bro, we've been trying to hit your line for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> hey yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> not a fake Shanghai Sharks page. That's that's crazy. That's that's O D. That's, that's that's what I be talking about, bro. They always doing IT wrong on Twitter. For real, man. Like <laughs> Like, like, Buddy was an accomplished player. Like, I mean, I hate those hip injuries messed him up, but IT was a legit all-star when he was in Boston, man. And for a guy, his height, like, that's impressive what he did in the league. Oh, man. Man, <laughs> it's, it's, it's ridiculous. He probably ain't even going to be able to get on the team now, but it's, <laughs> that's that's tough, man. He be, he be responding to people, too, though. That would be the funny part. He, re, he be responding to people. In fact, <laughs> Hey, I ain't mad at it because, hey, Buddy can at least say he played in the league. More than 97% of the people in the world can say he done made his money. Was an MVP candidate. All-star. Conference finals. All that, man. All-NBA. All that while being the shortest player in the NBA. So hats off to IT, bro. Like, I got respect for you. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm hoping he can land on somebody's team, bro. At, and just have a nice, you know, nice little run to end it out, go out on top, man. I, it would be great. 
It might as well, man. The Celtics might as well bring them back one time. I mean, it wasn't hurting nothing for real. I was saying it wasn't hurt. They ain't look. I say speak. I say just like uh, Gallinari, he just it's, it's an ACL towards ACL, but they said it was stable. It's a blow for them. So it was like, and they didn't really trade nothing for him. So it was like, yeah, it, you wouldn't hurt nothing either. Like, fast Gallinari and Michael Brown are injury prone himself too. So I mean, you can't have no depth in the NBA. All right, y'all. So we're leaving the hardwood right now. Finally, we had some football back. You know. The months of like July and part of June, August, some of the deadest months out of the year for sports. But college football is back, and then actually, man, started this past weekend. Uh, my Tar Heels played, got a win over FAMU. Uh, shout out to FAMU for playing though, because they really had a lot of things going on. There was a talk that they weren't even gonna make the trip to Chapel Hill because they had like twenty some players that they found out to be ineligible, which was wild. Well, I seen it. I was like, how do you have almost half your team ineligible to play? Student athlete? <laughs> <laughs> almost half your team ineligible to play. And you finding out about it like two days before your first game of the season. Before the game? Like, how does that even happen? Like, that that the athletic department got to do better because, I mean, you can't put these guys in that position right there. You got to let them know if they're eligible or not. And they was already almost risked the bag because they made crazy amounts of money just traveling to UNC. It was basically a money game for them. And a lot of smaller schools, of course, Basically. when they go to the, the bigger schools to play, it's a money game. They get the bag for going there, and it really helps out their athletic department budget. So they was really about to blow that bag because the athletic department didn't realize these players were ineligible until two days before their first game of the season. But they went up to Chapel Hill and played, man. You know, they, they brought the band up there. The band showed out. Uh, there was a little HBCU um, appreciation thing that UNC does every year at the beginning of the season. So... I'm glad they're giving the HBCU some love there, man. So shout out to FAMU. Even though I feel like they really don't care. Right. It's, it's really like a marketing <laughs> employee, sadly. But at least the band got to play in front of a lot of people. And Showing what a real band exactly. looks like. Because these PWIs don't, don't be knowing. I remember a couple of years ago in North Carolina Central County, ECU, and play, and they brought their band, bro, where the people in the crowd was stunned. Yeah. They never seen nothing like that before. That's one of the experiences, uh, the HBCU game day experiences. I definitely got to catch some HBCU football games this year because, I mean, it's nothing like those experiences out there. But, man, moving on. um, Of course, the preseason top 25 was released. Uh, The usual suspects at the top, Bama, OSU, Georgia, Clemson, Notre Dame, Texas A&M, Utah, Michigan, OU and Baylor ran out the top 10. Oregon, Oklahoma State, North Carolina State makes an appearance at number 13 in the country. You got USC, Michigan State, Miami, Pitt, Wisconsin, Arkansas, Kentucky, Ole Miss, Wake, Cincinnati, Houston, and BYU rounding out the top 25 there, man. So, usual suspects at the top. And then the Wolfpack at number 13. I know a lot of Wolfpack fans are really hyped about that because they have high expectations this year. Uh, Devin Leary, one of the best quarterbacks in the country, coming back. So, we'll see what they're going to do in the ACC this year. They're going to be going head-to-head with Clemson there. And uh, Sam Hartman for Wake Forest, um, the number 22-ranked team in the country. Get well soon, man, because it was announced that he can't play football right now for an undisclosed medical condition. He was about to be one of the best quarterbacks in the country this next coming season. So get get well soon, Sam Hartman. Get back on the field, man. So, yeah, that's the top 25 right there. Um, next weekend really starts out the great games in um, college football. Have a lot of good matchups for um, y'all out there. Let's see who we got. Oh, yeah, obviously, we got the main one down here. North Carolina going to be lit next weekend because we got number 13, North Carolina State. 
coming to ECU to play in Rowdy Dowdy next Saturday at 12 o'clock on ESPN. Then we got the Tar Heels, man, traveling to Appalachian State, the Boom, which is always a tough uh, spot to play. Uh, App State usually has a great football team, so, man, Carolina going to have to be on that game there. Then Monday, next Monday night, we got Clemson taking on Georgia Tech in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. And let's see. We got a couple more main games. Oh, yeah, oh, number 11, Oregon taking on number three, Georgia. Saturday on ABC, 23, Cincinnati taking on number 19, Arkansas, next Saturday on ESPN at 3.30. And number seven, Utah taking on Florida next Saturday at 7 o'clock. Bama opens up with that season against Utah State next Saturday at 7.30 on the SEC Network. Then we got probably the best matchup of the whole weekend with number five, Notre Dame, taking on number two, Ohio State, next Saturday on ABC at 7.30, man. So, yeah, I'm just glad college football back in action this year. Just hope to see some different teams make the college football playoff this year. Probably won't. Probably be the same usual teams like Clemson, Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, you know how that goes, man. But I'm just back. Glad football is back. NFL season is next, man. So, yeah, that's y'all college football roundup right here. Let's hope it's not the same suspects, you feel me? But it, it's crazy. Uh, Nick Saban was doing all that crying just to be ranked number one again in the in the preseason top 25. That's what I'm saying. Like, he should be the last coach crying. He's No matter what, he's going to get players at Bama, bro. Like, we already know Alabama has some of the most money and resources to offer these guys. So, saying Nick, don't be crying, bro. You're getting paid $11 million a year. Life is made for you down there. You're guaranteed to be in the top five every season. So, just chill, bro. Man, enjoy the ride. <laughs> Glad college football is back two weeks into the NFL season back. But oh, it's crazy. All these games are happening on my birthday, September 3rd, Saturday. You feel me? So cheers to 23 and for me and happy that uh, college football is back. Hey, turn up. Jordan year. Yes, sir. <laughs> but, man, we're going to stick with the football talk right now. But we're moving to fantasy football because NFL is right around the corner. So oh, it's time for fantasy it's draft day and Johnny Manziel, you feel me? Five years later, how am I the man still? Come on. Man, me and your master got our draft. First draft tonight, matter of fact, man. Eight o'clock. Very competitive league this year. Shout out to the owner of the league, my boy Jordan Wilson. He over here in the back. Shout out, my boy. Yes, sir. Best fantasy commissioner out there, man. Thanks for keeping us. Yeah, the, the best fantasy commissioner. You got to put that in there. No cap. We got a lot. Of, we got some different personalities in this league, man. So I know it, it get it get tough <laughs> imagining everybody. Oh man, but yeah, we excited to draft. Of course, as usual tonight. Can't reveal my draft strategy yet because I haven't drafted yet. But I got a pretty good one down pack. I still it, bro. It's been it's my third yeah my third year drafting. I think third. I don't remember. It's my third year, and I, nigga, I, st- I mean, my bad. I, I still ain't got no no draft strategy, bro. Like, I'm just still out here free freestyling it. You feel me? Like, I mean, sometimes it works like that for real. Whatever works for you. Sometimes you can be thinking too hard and just not drafting the right players, and you might not win anything. So, I mean, whatever works best for it's you. Just, it's just about the experience, though. At this point, I I, I do want to win. I do want to win this bread. And I ain't Thanks. gonna lie about that. I do want to be on the bread, but I ain't gonna lie. It is about it's just fun experience. That's, that's what I'm looking for. Hey, especially playing against people you know and your friends, man. Good friendly competition out here. Definitely get to talking some stuff. It's definitely seeing bounties be like, "Yeah, I need you to beat him this week." All type of stuff like that. Hey, but nothing hurts worse, bro. We saw a TikTok video about this. And then your team losing man. that one o'clock game, and then your fantasy the team the one o'clock game. 
And you got to look, they were talking about the assignments being due. I'm not as good as with the assignments being due. It do hit different. 1159. You got to hear about your friends talk about it in the group chat after you said it was going to be different for your team this year. And then the fantasy L on top of that, man, it was, look, it was cold November. I mean, cold October, November days, boy, it'd be hurt when your team lose one of the It'd be some long nights right there. And then you got to wake up and see a team like the dang on Cowgirls playing the prime time game once again. Be mad. Look, you be mad the whole day. <laughs> Literally the whole day. Just off of one o'clock game. For real. You already know the Panthers. We always got that one o'clock time slot. Cause we ain't never get no prime time games right now. So hey, you know, we always be losing in Panthers fashion. Stay in the game the whole time in the fourth quarter come. <laughs> and the dang our interception or last minute touchdown against us happens. And we catch an L. It never fails. Did my fantasy team lose on top of that? Yeah, it's a rough rest of the day for me. It's it's a bad week, bad day. It's just like no one even wanna talk. <laughs> Oh man, but one one scratch I will put out there though. Definitely wait wait on your quarterbacks though. It's definitely not smart to take a quarterback definitely. early in the draft. I know it's tempting, but you can wait on quarterbacks. One of the deepest positions in fantasy. You can have a guy like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen put up the same amount of points as a guy like Derek Carr and Matthew Stafford in the same week. And you can get a Derek Carr and Matthew Stafford in the 10th or 11th round of the draft versus drafting a guy like Allen and Mahomes in the second or third round. So definitely wait on the quarterbacks out there. Running back. And wide receiver, the two most important positions in fantasy football. Gotta have two workhorse running backs. Gotta have two of them. And then probably just one that you can switch out every once in a while, but you gotta have two workhorses for sure. Definitely. Gotta have good bench depth too, because it's football. So injuries and things like that are going to happen. It's a guarantee. So you definitely need some good subs off that bench to come in there and, and do work for you, man, in case of injury or whatever else happens. But yeah, I don't even know if y'all should be listening to me about fantasy strategies, but you know what I'm saying? I feel like I got a little good insight, you know what I'm saying? I feel like it might be best to might probably draft some number two receivers cuz you feel me, they might be not be getting a lot, like a lot of attention like the number one, so you feel me, they stats might be going crazy. Exactly. Year. For instance, a great example is this. A guy like T Higgins, cuz you know Jamar Chase can get a ton of attention this year, so a guy like T Higgins is a number two receiver. Might get way more targets because Jamar Chase might get double team, et cetera. So, hey, like you must have said, look for some of these number two receivers out there. What else you got for well, defense? You ain't really got to worry about a defense because it flip flops every week. week. And you never you never know what's going to happen. Every week. Don't overdraft defense and kicker. Those are the two least important positions in fantasy football. So you can wait very deep in the draft to worry about defense and kicking. And um, work the waiver wire. Yes, please work that waiver wire. You're going to need it. I got to get better at that for sure. Waiver wire, I still don't know how it works. I'm going to have to ask my boys, you feel me? But I'm just, I just be out there whenever I got to be. <laughs> when all my players on a, a, a bye week and then I got to just scramble around to find some players on the waiver wire, but I be <laughs> panicking. Because every year, every year in fantasy, man, some of the best players at the end of the season comes from the waiver wire. They don't get drafted at the beginning of the season. So definitely wear that waiver wire. You got to be on it, claim those players early. Uh, look, like you said, look for the bye weeks, look for the good subs on the waiver wire, see the matchups who a player might be playing and might be playing a weak defense. And then that, or something. Then close to the end of the season, most play, most starters might not be playing. So you might have to pick up some backups from that team. You feel me? That's going to be getting mo- the majority of the snaps. Facts. So definitely look out for all that, man. It's a lot with fantasy football, though. It's really luck, a lot of luck and a lot of guessing out there. Even these experts like Matthew Barry on ESPN.com, they be guessing. Some of these guys, they be like, I'm going to go off this week. They don't be going off. So just use your expertise and just 
do your thing, man. So luck and guessing and just hoping for the best out there for real. That's all you can do. Yeah, good luck to everybody in fantasy football this year. Let's let's all hope and pray for a, a great season. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. We'll be back. Draft day. Draft day, A Wiggins. Yes, yes sir. Let's go. Next week, next episode, we'll be back to let y'all know the results and reveal our teams, man. So that's definitely going to be exciting times. But, yeah, in a couple hours, we will be on this draft thing. So fantasy football season is back. Let's go. Turn up. <laughs> All right, man. So, so we gonna ran through most of it. Yeah, who we got? Who we got for eyes on NC? Oh, yeah, eyes on NC. We got a, a different um, mix this week, man. We've been holding this one in for a little while now, but we just now getting to it. So we're gonna mix it up a little bit this week. We got a father son duo. They both have a Kinston connection. Uh, this guy, we got Mitchell Wiggins, the father, and then Andrew Wiggins, the son. Mitchell Wiggins is from Kinston, North Carolina. He went to North North High School, man. Halt time. Who fly high? Hawks fly. <laughs> the best basketball player probably to ever play at North North High School, man. So we're gonna start out with him. Uh, he played collegiately at Truett McConnell College, and then he went to Clemson, and then later went and played at Florida State, where he averaged twenty three points, nine rebounds per game during two seasons at Florida State from nineteen eighty one to nineteen eighty three. He was selected number twenty three overall by the Indiana Pacers in the nineteen eighty three NBA draft. He played his rookie year with the Chicago Bulls, and he averaged 12 points per game. He then later signed with the Houston Rockets in 1984, appearing in the 1988 NBA Finals versus the Boston Celtics, uh, where they lost, of course, to Larry Bird and the crew. But he was on a, a loaded team with Hakeem, the Dream Elijah One, and Ralph Sampson, two of the best bigs of all time. He scored 3,877 points in his NBA career. And obviously, like I mentioned earlier, his son, Andrew Wiggins, Plays in the NBA also, man. So, shout out to him. Mitch also had a great career overseas. We're going to get on to the son now, Andrew Wiggins. He's actually from Ontario, Canada. But, of course, he has the connections to Kenston, North Carolina, by his dad being Mitchell Wiggins, man. He's been down to the K. You know we got you know we got to claim oh, yeah. him. You know we got to. Definitely, bro. He's, he's like one of us. Definitely like a 2-5 person. He, he's been down here multiple times to visit. Uh, a lot of his family members know our family members, too, which is real dope. So, he's definitely part of the 2-5. He played his high school ball at Huntington Prep. As a senior, he averaged 23.4 points per game, 11.2 rebounds, 2.6 blocks, and 2.5 assists. He was the number one high school prospect in the nation in 2013. 2013, he was the Naismith Prep Player of the Year, and he was also the Gatorade Player of the Year. On May 14, 2013, Andrew Wiggins committed to Kansas. Sad by that, man, I really wanted the Tar Heels to get him, but it is what it is. Uh, his freshman year, he averaged 17.1 points per game, 5.9 rebounds. He was named one of 10 semifinalists for the College Player of the Year. He was then selected first overall by the Cleveland Cavaliers, becoming the second Canadian player being picked number one overall um, after Anthony Bennett. He was later traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves, obviously, as y'all know, as part of the Kevin Love trade because Cleveland got LeBron back that year, obviously, so he was traded to Minnesota. He was named the NBA Rookie of the Year in Minnesota. On October 11, 2017, he signed a five-year, $148 million extension with the Timberwolves. He later would get traded to the Golden State Warriors on February 6, 2020. He averaged 18.3 points per game, 8.8 rebounds, 2.2 assists in the NBA Finals this past year. And, of course, he got that ring, man. 2022 NBA champion Andrew Wiggins did his thing with the Warriors, one of the most important pieces on that team. Was the second, matter of fact, after Steph, he was the second most important player during this Warriors championship run this year, man. Being a 3 and D guy coming into his zone. So I think it's dope. Had that father-son connect, man. Both guys. 
played in the NBA and also played in the NBA Finals against the Boston Celtics, man. Representing 252, Mitchell Wiggins and Andrew Wiggins, man. So that's this week's Eyes on NC. 252, Hoop State, 25 Worldwide, all that, and then some. <clears throat> Greatest state of all time. You got to keep saying that, you feel me? No doubt. We do real Hoop State, as Webb told y'all on the last episode, man. This is the real Hoop State right here. We ain't trying to hear nothing else different. Cause if you, cause if you do, you're lying. <laughs> lying, bro. We got all the hoopers here, especially the two five, bro. We might not have much around here, but the real, real already know what the two five be producing, bro. So proud to say I'm from the two five. But yeah, that's y'all eyes on NC for this week. All right, man. Moving on to dog of the week. It's been a minute since we did this one. Also, uh, obviously, we mentioned college football started back this past Saturday, so I got to go. With the quarterback of my North Carolina Tar Heels, man. As y'all all know, y'all remember Luke May, of course, championship player for the North Carolina Tar Heels basketball team. His younger brother, Drake May, was named starting quarterback for the Heels this year. And he went off in his first game, man, 29-37, 294 yards and five touchdowns. He also ran the ball four times for 55 yards and a 56-24 win over Fam U, boy. So Drake May did his thing out there, man. Definitely put on a dog performance out there for the Hills, bro. So, Drake May, you are my dog of the week. Hopefully, you bring us a championship like your brother did. Probably not in football, though, but we're just going to keep hope. You can keep the legacy going of the, of the May name. Fast. We'll settle for an ACC championship. I mean, we'll take that. We'll settle for anything when it comes to football. Just, just beat those Whoopups, man, and Clemson. I'd be happy. MVP time, bro. You got some you got some new music for us this week, young master. Yeah, man. I got a little song. You know, it's it's been a while since I did this, you feel me? But I'm gonna just just give y'all a little something to, a little something to hold on to. But yeah, we got uh first I got uh my boy Chief Keith. He dropped a, a single on his birthday called Chief. So, you know what I'm saying? One of the, he really wanted the greatest, one of the one of the most influential rappers of all time, really influenced a whole almost two to three generations of rap just for him coming out in 2012. So Chief So by Chief Keith. And uh my boy, my boy Mike Pridge put me on to this one called Love Jones by Leon Thomas, who is uh Andre from Victorious and Todd Dollar Sign. Definitely a good R and B vibe type of song, bro. Glad he put me on. Vibe is incredible. So go listen to that. And I have a Lil Uzi with his red and white EP. I feel like this is the tape before he comes out with his pink tape. We had nine songs on it. I ain't gonna lie. You, the, the best song under me is Glock in My Purse. I ain't gonna lie. That's probably like the best song on there. <laughs> you, know you just gotta go listen to it, man. But And I'm gonna have to go listen to uh, the new DJ Khaled compilation tape God did. I haven't been able to listen to it. So if y'all have, I wonder if it was good or not. But I'm if I if I like a, a lot of songs on it, or I'll just give my review on it next time we come back on. But yeah, that's really all I got for the MVP this week. Chief So, Chief Keith, Love Jones, Leon Thomas, Ty Dollar Sign, Red and White, Lil Uzi, the EP, MVP. We out this thing, gang. Hey, I gotta check out that Leon Thomas though. Victorious, you already know that's childhood right there. I gotta check out Leon. Yeah, that's on fire. I'm going to send it to you. That's on fire. Yeah. He had some fire music on the show, too. And then, you know, we just recently found out he'd be producing all this music and stuff, too. So, hey, Leon being his bad. Yeah, he he really he really good at producing some of the some of the best R&B hits out today. Dang, bro. Think about the talent that show produced got him. 
Ariana Grande, Victoria Justice. Like, that show produced a lot of talent for real. I mean, it did. It did. But man, there you go, man. We have it. Another MVP segment for Young Master. Y'all go ahead and check out all those songs and albums that he recommended, and you will not be disappointed. But shoot, man, like we made it to the end of another great episode out here. Uh, my final thoughts, a uh, couple of local high school games this past week. I saw the North and North Hawks got their first dub over Farmville Central. Their new head coach got their first yeah. win. So shout out to the Hawks for that win out there. Yeah, shout out to the Hawks, man. Had to bounce back after the L against Green Central. Thanks. And speaking of Green Central, they 2-0. Beat Kenston High this past week. So shout out to them also. I ain't even, I ain't even peeped that. They beat, they beat them they Vikings. Beat the Vikings shout out to, shout out to the Rams. Two and no, starting strong out here, man. So hey, they look, Green Central looking like one of the best teams in two five so far early on in the season. Got to get out there and catch some high school games at some point this year, man. Because I, I didn't go to any last year, so I might have to catch y'all one this year. I haven't, I haven't really watched no high school football seriously in almost two to three years. Yeah, same for me, for real. I got to get back out there, though. Check some of these local schools out. See what they talking about. Yeah. Uh, for my final thoughts, uh, I was on my cousin, my dog podcast, the More Muse podcast, James Moore. I was on his first installment of his segment, OG Talks. Where we, talk, we talked about the KD situation. We also talked, uh, talked about Steph, some other things, Legacy Talk. And we talked about when Diddy, uh, P, uh, Diddy said that R&B was dead. We had a little conversation about that. So, yeah, go check out our segment, uh, our OG Talk segment on the More Muse podcast. Bet, bet. Well, hey, we made it through another episode. We appreciate y'all listening once again, showing us love. Don't forget to hit us up on all social medias at the 2412 pod. And we'll be back better than ever next week. Next week, we'll probably have um, Graham Hill come on, talk about his experiences um, covering UNC football. And we also going to be previewing the NFL season and talk more about fantasy football, man, and our draft results and all that. So can't wait. We'll be back better than ever next week. So this is your boy Jalen signing off. It's your boy Keetwan, a.k.a. MS, man. And we out this thing. Game. Football season <laughs> almost back. Deuces.